dare great things for Christ. Christ calls us to dare great things. In the marketplace, as well as in the mission field, there has never been a time like the present for the spirit of the Catholic entrepreneur. Now is the time for men and women of great courage and great vision to engage our church and our culture. Now is the time to dare great things. And here is your host as we dare great things, Father Nathan Cromley, the president and founder of the St. John Institute. Without a doubt, the Virgin Mary remains one of the central figures that defines the Christian faith. But what does Mary have to say to leaders? In this month of May dedicated to her, I'd like to explore with you some thoughts about Mary and leadership. All right, everybody. Well, I'm about to speak about the mother of God. So (laughs) this is a pretty bold topic and requires prayer before we do it, because when you're talking about someone's mother, you always had better be careful what you say. Name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, O Holy Spirit, Father of the poor, illumine the hearts of thy faithful and enkindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy Spirit and they shall be created and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who didst instruct the hearts of thy faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, Grant us in the same spirit to be truly wise and ever to rejoice in his consolation. Through the same Christ, our Lord. Amen. St. John, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we are in May. The trees are, of course, full of full bloom. The sun is shining. Plants are growing. Little children are receiving their first Holy Communion. Teenagers are graduating high school. And it's just this moment where it's almost like the earth kind of gives forth, right? Yields forth its fruit. And all of our lives are at a moment of, I would almost say, of excited pause. (laughs) It's a pause because the regular life tends to stop during May. And there's all kinds of memorials and thoughts and days that mark our passage of time in our life. And yet it's an excited pause because it's fruitful and The summer beckons us forward, and we have the youthfulness of our hearts awakened. And this time is especially dedicated to the Virgin Mary. And so I want to talk about her with you, because for many people, Mary is is an icon of a quiet, humble, contemplative existence far away from the realism of screaming children— and uh, dishes prepared for dinner that are dropped on the floor minutes before the birthday party, (laughs) and messy houses, and jobs that are lost, and all kinds of stresses that can take place in so many areas of our life. We, 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 We think of Mary as being almost the antithesis of leaders, as if Mary was the perfect follower. So we put her there. We just... Imagine her humble, poor, sweet, kind, obedient, submissive, joyful, I suppose, but in a way that like is almost like lacking any kind of realism. And that's why I think for many people, Mary doesn't really seem to make a dent. Many of you don't even have a devotion to her. 
you're 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 there and right now you're listening to me you're you're here you're at this experience of prayer and yet at the same time if i were to say when was the last time you opened your heart to the virgin mother of god many of you have never even done it right and then i ask you why not and and because for most of us our life is such it's so demanding and for those of us who follow upon the pathway of leadership and are trying to dare great things for Christ, it, it's almost like, gosh, Mary's for all those quiet souls who don't do anything and who are in the back of church just kind of like being nice. And I like to say, no, that's actually not the case. That's a kind of criticism that would be more befitting a communist critique of Christianity than a true representation of the Catholic faith. A communist critique of Christianity places Christianity as a type of opiate of the masses, right? As a type of drug you can take to deny the hardness and the realism of life where money is really what makes the world go round. And if you really want to be effective in government, if you really want to be an effective leader, you need to place your efforts on the economy because if the economy roars, then everything in the world benefits and, ben and that's really the type of benefit that matters the most. So we don't have any room in our place for this quiet Mary who was receptive of the word of God, submissive to her husband in marriage, and a follower of her son throughout his life. And yet I think that we're really missing something when we adopt a communist perspective on a Christian mystery. That communist perspective on a Christian ministry is, it flows through a whole perspective of Christianity that says there's a division between work and prayer. You've got your prayers over here and your workers over here. You've got your people that have a hope in heaven. You know, the kind that John Lennon characterized in Imagine, right? Imagine that there's no heaven and, and there's nothing to, to live for. And then, then you'd actually live for today. and You'd live for this world. Because on the other hand, you have those, not hope for heaven, but those who give themselves to this earth and who make a difference in the world. You've got your contemplatives and your actives, right? We separate that all the time. And it's very, it's not true. And it's not true because the greatness of God is never found in separation. The greatness of God is what he can unite into a singular force. And in Mary, you do not find only submission, receptivity, and following. You find audacity, desire, and leadership in a way that makes her the queen, everybody. And I want to talk about that with you. I want to break that open for you. Because a lot of us are used to a type of vision of the Bible that allows us even to say that Mary is not even that important. That the real focus of everything, of course, being Christ, means that nothing else can even be emphasized in Scripture. It's, it's so funny. We, we, want, we want to just say, only Jesus and Jesus alone. And, and because of that, we say Mary will be a distraction to Jesus. And some of you are afraid of devotion to Mary because you're afraid she's going to detract you from Jesus. I want to say thank you. You are wonderful and terrific for wanting that. And let me also say this. The Catholic Church does not want you to be distracted from Jesus. <laughs> Think about it this way. When was the last time that a mountain, a mountain landscape, or a beautiful ocean full of birds that soared above it distracted you from God? 
When was the last time that picking up your family Bible and holding it in your hands distracted you from God? When was the last time that a voice of a great preacher that resounded in your ears and stirred your soul distracted you from God? Well, the fact is, creation doesn't have to distract you from God. It actually can focus you on God. And that's exactly what Mary does. She doesn't present a distraction as if who she is is somehow uh, a force that's going to pull you away from Christ. Who she is is a force that's going to bring you to Christ, forge you into Christ, point you towards Christ more irrevocably and more dynamically than any other force on the earth. Why? Because there's no love for Christ in this world greater than the love of his mother for him. No one knew him better. No one loved him more. No one was more devoted to him. And therefore, when we read about Mary, we're not being distracted from Christ, everybody. And what you're going to see is exactly that. Let's, let's take a look at this. Let's open up the scriptures and let them teach us the depth of who Mary was as a leader. Father Nathan is producing an ongoing source of videos to form, unite, and inspire you and your family. Go to eagleeyeministries.org. That's E-A-G-L-E-E-Y-E ministries.org. And subscribe to Eagle Eye Pro. Subscribe today. So I want to I look at this together. How did Mary typify the leadership that Christ is calling for, from you and me? How did her brave spirit inspire the entrepreneur in you? How, what does she have to say towards that spirit? I, it's, so it's very hard for me because I admit anyone who's ever heard me preach, you know, I get really excited about these things. And then I always say we're going to cover a whole bunch of things and then we never get to it. So I'd like to do a whole series that's just Mary as, you know, Mary and, and the business entrepreneur. I really would. But for, suffice it to say for this talk here to you on Mary in this month of May, Suffice it to say that we need to start at the very beginning. Mary lived a desire for God that was an absolute gift of herself to him. She wanted to hold nothing back. That's the first sign of her leadership. It, she lived at a moment in, the, in her history of her religion of extreme weakness. There, Israel, the land of the Jews, was occupied by a foreign power that had crushed it to the ground. The Greeks had crushed it. The Romans were crushing it. They were occupied it and defeated. And from a religious point of view, remember that this people that had been longing for the Messiah, when he finally came, failed to recognize him. That, and and that, that's like, just to show you like how far off they were. The whole point that they were waiting for was the Messiah. When he came, they didn't recognize him and they sent him off to his demise. Now, that, that weakness of that time period was typified, of course, by the lack of faith, the lack of so many things that, that would give Mary a reason to quit. Just like you and your life have so many reasons that you would like to quit. I'd like to ask you, are you today as fervent about your marriage and your family as the day you got married? I mean, are you still dreaming great dreams or do you still want your kids to be extraordinary? Are you still as dedicated to them as you were when you first thought about having them? If not, why not? 
Well, Father Nathan, you just get tired. Your body can get tired, but why is your soul tired? There's a lack of leadership. When I look at Mary, I don't see a woman who was tired and allowed herself to get tired by the fact that everyone around her was missing the boat, that she was in occupied land, that a prophet hadn't spoken to them in 400 years, that there were many that were casting themselves from the truth of their religion into false religions and false ideas. You didn't see Mary walking around saying, well, you know what, I'm just going just gonna to stumble through life here and then coast into the finish line. Well, then why are you? Why you say, well, exactly. First point, when everything was about quitting around her, Mary persevered in hope. She is a leader because of her audacity. Where do we see this? Well, when the angel appeared to Mary, he said to her, you shall conceive and bear a son. And at the time, Mary was espoused to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And that espousal was so real that it would have made total sense like other scriptural places where angels appear and tell people that they're going to conceive for Mary to have said, okay, well, that's something, you know, yes or no, realizing she was going to conceive by the natural means through Joseph. But instead, this woman says, how shall this be? I do not know man. Meaning Mary reveals to the angel this fact that there must have been a vow that she made beforehand, a promise that even though she was espoused to Joseph, there was a desire in her heart that was bigger than the situations of her life, a desire to live given to God alone. Who in the world, <laughs> who amongst you right out here, how, how many of you are willing to live for God alone? You know, there's some of you sitting here, you're saying, I, you, I wanted to be in seminary, Father, but then, oh boy, I like the girls, you know, so I can't exactly go to seminary if I want to get married, you know? And I say, that's fine, you know? How, how many of you, though, all the way want to actually serve God, even in your marriage? How many want to belong to Him alone? Mary's there as a young person, already given to whatever God wants. That is sense of God and his absolute rights over her was so profound that she ended up doing something more absolutely than any of you have done. She gave her entire life to God by a promise. That's, I mean, a promise of what? A promise of virginity. And how do we know that? Why? Because when the angel finally came and said, this is what I want you to do with your life, Mary didn't run. She didn't hide. She didn't bolt around. She, she knew exactly what she would do because she'd already done it. It's easy to die when you're already dead. It's easy to give when you have nothing left. It's easy to love when you have already decided to be in love. And Mary, in the secret of her heart, had already given herself so radically in her heart to God that she could then conceive him in the same way in her body. As her body became the home of God, so it was beforehand in her heart that her heart had already given itself to him. That's leadership. And that leadership, then we see the second way Mary speaks to leaders. Listen, she never wavered. How many of us, we start with great ideas. We're going to say, I'm going to start this company. You know, I've got an idea. I've got, I'm going to start it off. Why should I work for the man? I'm going to be my own, right? And so you get off there and you start with your great idea, right? You start pushing it through and then this things start to hit. 
And everyone turns to you because you're the leader. You're the one not just with power, but with idea, the vision. You're the passion. You're the founder behind this thing. And everybody wants that from you, right? And then, so what do you do? Well, you, so many just turn back and stop. I don't know the percentage. You hear it all the time. But a huge high percentage of, non, of startups never make it. I think it's something like 90% fall or fail before year three, right? Why do they fail before year three? Because you're not ready to take the pain or it's not worth it. Fine. I mean, you could be justified for quitting. I, I think sometimes you have to learn how to fail fast and fail forward, right? I'm not saying quitting is a bad thing, but I am saying that, well, so, sooner or later, the pain becomes greater, right? Than the value. And then you quit and you look at Mary and here's a woman who never quit. Now, again, there are times where you need to quit. I'm not saying quitting is a bad thing all the time, but I am in admiration over this woman who never flagged, never faltered, never failed. She gave herself to God and you never see her complain, not even once. And when God leaves her for three days in the temple and she has to search in sorrow for him, she comes back and asks him, Look at the, the ability for a fierce conversation right there in Mary, right? The leader. She doesn't go back and then just say, well, like I said, you know, welcome home. I'll just let, she comes back and asks him a question. She confronts him in a gentle, respectful, beautiful wave. But she is alive. When an angel tells her that she'll conceive in her womb and bear a son, she asks how. When her son leaves her in the temple for, for three days and she has a search for him in sorrow, she asks why. She doesn't, she, there's a protagonistic attitude in Mary's soul where she's a free woman leading her life, following God with as much dedication as she can. And we never see her falter all the way till the cross. John 19, standing by the cross of Jesus was his mother. Just like she stood there at, in the place where animals are lodged because the inn was full and she stood by his crib. So she stood by his cross and she stood by his tomb. That fidelity makes her a leader, not just in initiatives and in youthful desires, but in the long haul that is in the end indicative of our ultimate victory. Father Nathan has founded the St. John Institute the MBA program that develops students into the leaders of tomorrow by giving them a missionary's heart and an entrepreneur's mind. Visit our website at stjohninstitute.org. Dare great things for Christ. Mary was an incredible leader. She's the queen of apostles, everybody. The queen of martyrs, the queen of virgins. She's the queen of, <laughs> you know, she's the queen of everything. You don't begin to be a queen by not leading. Why was, she, why was she declared a queen? Well, we see, first of all, she's declared a queen. You, you see it in Revelation chapter 12, where the woman who gives birth to the son, who will reign over all, is actually crowned with a crown of 12 stars. Right? So there you have a biblical image of the crown. In the Old Testament, you've also got the fact that the mother of the king was called the queen mother. Right? So she was the queen by virtue of being the mother of the king. You know, so, but that's all like apologetics and that's important. If you don't know your Bible, go back and read your Bible. But I'm here to say something that is stronger. The, the fact that she's a queen means that because she has taken 
the first place. She is the number one follower of Christ. And what that shows to me so beautifully is something I see not just in Mary, but I see it in the 12 apostles. I see it in the disciples. I see it in St. Paul. And that is that when someone follows Christ, he asks them to be a leader. He asks them to not simply uh, let history shape them, but asks them to help him shape history. That, that shift of heart that goes from following into leadership is natural for a Christian. I would say it this way. The more that you follow the king of kings, the closer that you follow the king of kings, the more that you yourself will become royal. Mary is queen because nobody followed him more. Followed him more, meaning giving herself more completely to Christ than Mary. That's why she now reigns. Just like St. Paul, if we have died with him, so we shall rise with him. Well, who died the most? I mean, all of us, well, whoever loved the most. Whoever, he will die the most who loves the most. Who loves Jesus the most? Mary. Therefore, when he died upon the cross, who died the most? Mary. Who suffered the most in her heart? Mary. Well, St. Paul says, if you will die with him, if we die with him, then we will reign with him. Well, guess who's reigning with him now in glory? Reigning as queen, Mary. And reigning as queen, what does that mean? That means that Mary takes the third step. She makes her own in responsibility the outcome of all those entrusted to her. The leader is not just the one who innovates. That's Mary and her desire for the vow of virginity. It's not just the one who perseveres. That's Mary throughout the apostolic life of Christ. Taking the hits, going forward, continuing to hope. And you know, they tried to arrest Christ three times, everybody. Three different times. The people were not in favor of him. You had a crowd that believed, but they weren't helping him, and he was constantly facing opposition. There was a million reasons to not follow Christ, to not believe he was going to make it, to stop hoping. If you take a look at John 7, for example, it says that even his own brethren did not believe in him. I just say this in passing. It, it, always, it always moves me when I read that because that means that even in the family of the Virgin Mary, there were those who had fallen away. Those who didn't believe in Jesus, even in the family of the Virgin Mary, the cousins of Jesus did not believe in him. John 7. Mary didn't stop. And then thirdly, she actually becomes a mother. And actually becoming a mother, it means not just that you give birth. It means that you become one and responsible for the flourishing of your children. John 19, 28 it says, Jesus, seeing the disciple whom he loved, said to him, his disciple, behold your mother. And to the woman, behold your son. And from that hour, the disciple took her with him. Behold your mother. Behold your son. Well, Mary reigns in heaven as a queen mother. She reigns in heaven as one who has chosen to give herself to the flourishing of her children. And that's exactly what leaders do. We're not, the leaders are not there to be catapulted to success by everybody underneath them. They are there in order to help everyone underneath them achieve their greatness and coordinate that together for an even greater greatness, the greatness of the enterprise. 
But the reason why we are in the front is so that we can pull the train of everyone around us forward. And that's exactly what we see Mary doing. Think about it. She'd come to the end of her life. Her son was dying on the cross. And right then when she'd achieved her mission on earth of bringing the Messiah into the world and then bringing the Messiah through the world and then offering the Messiah back to God, she gets a new mission and she says, yes, woman, behold your son. From that hour, the disciple took her into his home. That means that from that hour, Mary was beginning yet another mission. She who had already mothered the Messiah was now mothering the church. I mean, think about what that means. That's, that's a total leader right there. She, she now allows herself to be, who was given to Christ, to be as given to the church, to you and me, as she was to Christ. She had one son, everybody, and it was Jesus. And then she turns from that one son, and as she loved him, so then she would love us. I mean, this is why she's the, the queen of the universe and the greatest leader outside of that of Jesus Christ. No one leads us better than Jesus. But right after him, you've got following this queen, this queen mother Mary. It's because she decided in her heart that her life was for those entrusted to her. And Christ gave John and through John the whole church, you and me, to her. And therefore she has as a mission to bring us into the fullness of the glory that Christ won for us on the cross. I mean, th- just think about that. From the inspirations and the desire, and I could, I could tell you so many different, different places in the Bible where it shows us this about Mary, but suffice it to say, in this one talk here on the month of May, I want to just sing her praises because from the desires of her youth that she let have full reign, and the steadfast courage she demonstrated without flagging in her dedication to her duty throughout her life, to the final governance of everybody who was entrusted to her, Mary typifies the journey that so many of you are making. You've got great ideas and plans and you want to see them happen and you're actually willing to dare to make them happen. You are awesome in the eyes of God and you're a gift to this world. You're a leader And that great gift needs Mary to teach you how to make your desires even deeper, how to make your grit even grittier, and how to make your leadership position a place of true service to everyone underneath you. May Mary, queen of this universe, queen of the Catholic entrepreneur, pray for us. Dare great things for Christ. Share your feedback with Father Nathan. Send us an email at info at stjohninstitute.org. That's info at stjohninstitute.org. And don't forget to subscribe to premium video content to form, unite, and inspire you at Eagle Eye Pro on our website, eagleeyeministries.org. That's eagleeyeministries.org.